0: After categorically dismissing the Kyoto Protocol last year, more than a few eyebrows were raised when the Bush administration unveiled a global warming plan of its own. The Bush plan differs somewhat from the floundering global agreement in that it seeks to make the entire planet into a smoldering fire pit. The Bush global warming plan will begin to superheat the world first by detonating all nuclear weapons in our oceans. Then, through a combination of giant oil fires, torching of forests and third-world dwellings, and a new Homeland Inferno project, the world's average surface temperature should approach 350 degrees by as early as this spring. The new super-hot climate will make outdoor cookouts affordable, accessible, and simple for everyone. Mr. Bush stated that he envisions, quote, a world where every nation has that great backyard barbecue smell, unquote. And while Mr. Bush's ambitious plan has its share of detractors, few can resist the allure of a sizzling Texas barbecue and a hickory smoke-flavored planet. This is All Things Condescended, for all the news that makes you feel smarter than your friends who watch TV.
1: It's February 30th. This
2: is NCR. Here are some of today's headlines.
0: Paranoid conspiracy theories about the Bush Shadow Government are denied by the Bush Shadow Government.
2: Far off lands are filled with liars and unbelievers.
0: A roundtable discussion about the latest terrible jazz.
2: And zombie Malcolm X rises from the grave to eat the brains of robo Martin Luther King.
0: Those stories. First, the news. I Hanna, Oyanna, Hoyna, hey
2: Hanna, I am Nayo, I am I Hanna, Oyanna, Hoyna, hey Hanna, Oyanna, hey Nayo, Hanna,
1: hey Nayo, are you ready for the end of the world and that's <laughs> supposed Maybe. to laugh I don't know, end of the world.
0: Are you ready
1: for the end of the world of hotness, right? (laughs) This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up! Oh, yes. A little stretch. And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And this is your community spirit. We bring you news, <laughs> social enviro, about things that happen.
2: Yeah, things and do happen
1: case. sometimes. And in case you didn't notice, what's happening right now is it's hot. <laughs> is it hot out there or is it just me? Well, I mean, it's as hot as <laughs> Southern Illinois in August. Yeah, it is. It just <laughs> happens to be July. Yeah, you know.
2: well, we're catching up on lost time. You know, June was kind of rainy. You know, you had some of those misty mornings that were cool. Yeah. Now, now we got to catch up on the heat.
1: Yeah, it's a, only a heat index of, you know, something like 104. It's uh-huh. not too bad. Yeah. So, um, what should we talk about? I don't know. we got a bunch of different
2: stories today. We could go through a few of them. Uh, let's start with this one. Not on my back roads. Judge says tar sands equipment can't travel on Montana back roads. A group of Montanans, Idahoans, Org- Oregonians, and Washingtonians. <laughs> uh, that,
1: that's what they're called from those states,
2: huh? Yeah, those states, yeah. Uh, we're Illinoisans here in Illinois. Illinois. They've got their own names for
1: their staters. <laughs> well, from if you're not from this state, they just call us annoying. <laughs> yeah. Annoyance. Ill annoy. <laughs> but yes, the Il- people Annoyans. people from those
2: uh, states out in the, the Northwest struck a blow against ExxonMobil and its push to extract carbon-soaked oil from cannabis tar sands. Uh, the Northwesterners weren't upset about the environmental impact of the tar sands themselves, but they were upset that Exxon subsidiary wanted to haul oversized loads of oil extraction equipment from uh, Vancouver, Washington, over small winding highways in environmentally valuable areas to the Canadian borders. Yeah, it doesn't sound like such a good plan, you know. I, I, f- I remember you know being out in the northwest and being on these mountain roads, these long winding roads and taking huge heavy equipment up there. Uh, potentials for disaster is not a good plan. Uh, So uh, they asked the judge to stop the company, and uh, on Tuesday he did. Uh, So uh, many local people were happy that they won't have to deal with the corridor running through there, uh, but nationally, environmental groups like National Wildlife Federation uh, do see this as another blow against the overall uh, effects of the tar sand oil. And, uh, yeah, it's not going to stop them. They're going to find some other routes, but uh, it does slow them down.
1: Well, I mean, that's like four states. Yeah. Huh. Well, how about this? Did you know who's, who's New York City's mayor? <laughs> yeah, Mayor Bloomberg. I've yeah. heard of that guy. Yeah. He gave... Well, he has a lot of money. So yeah. I don't know how much of this is. Regardless, he gave $50 million to fight coal. That's right. Michael Bloomberg has always wielded his power as mayor of New York to fight climate change. But now he's putting his personal fortune where his mouth is. What, he's eating his money? <laughs> That's a fu- but In a gift that represents a substantial portion of the organization's $80 million annual budget, he's granting the Sierra Club $50 million over the next four years specifically to fund their Beyond Coal campaign. The gift will allow the nonprofit to hire 100 new people for the project, Doubling the number of employees currently working on the campaign, new hires will include everyone from lawyers to social networking experts. You, <laughs> how do you become a social networking expert? Uh-huh. Those are probably like 13 year old kids, right? Yeah, 13 year
2: old kids who spend a lot of time on
1: Facebook. Yeah, there you go. It's like <laughs> no, either that are people who actually do face to face social networking. <laughs> um, the industry's predictably hilarious response is Can you make uh-huh. it hilarious? Yes coal is american it's affordable it adds to our quality of life it's it's still not even that all that funny (laughs) with a dramatic voice but (laughs) they're not wrong in a sense being indirectly responsible for the death and repression of millions through decades of support of third world dictators is pretty american whoa just waving a flag doesn't really address any of the sierra clubs or mayor bloomberg's objections to coal for most of us, this new endowment probably means we'll be seeing more of those punch you in the gut ads that highlight the health effects of coal burning on children. There's health effects of coal burning on children? Yep, sad but true. Oh, I thought like good ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, where's, where's, superpowers. where's the ad? You know <laughs> that the coal says coal will make your kids stronger, better, faster. Oh yeah. wait, it doesn't do any of that.
2: No, it's, it, maybe in you know, movies, it might mutate them and give them superpowers, but in real life, it just gives out a lot of asthma and <coughs> a lot of health difficulties. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, and that's I, I read up on him a little bit because of this. Apparently, he's just become a huge philanthropist. He's just trying to give away all, all his money
1: uh, while he's still alive. Yeah, <laughs> what is it? Cause? Um, the The man with the most toys... <laughs> Or what's the, the man who forget- dies with the most toys wins. No, still <laughs> dies. <laughs> still dies. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know, it's just. I mean, what's the use of all your toys if you're, you know, well dead?
2: Yeah. There's this great quote by him too that he thought that the best, uh, uh, what's the term, estate planning that he could do is to ensure that his uh, undertaker gets the last of his money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, the last of his money. So
2: yeah, and that he's given the rest away to charity. All right. So another story. Cold chills. Why 107-degree overnight
1: temperatures should freak you out. I know it freaks me out. Yeah, the other day, it was about 9 p.m., and it was like 98 degrees. Yeah, I remember that. I don't. I've permanently blocked it out of my subconscious. <laughs> yeah, the, the heat it was it melting your brain. And yeah, it percolated back to the surface. Yeah. So, w- government conspiracy heat wave? <laughs> yeah. Rush, Rush Lamar was going off again
2: saying, oh... There's not actually a heat wave. It's a People government conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> he must have not walked outside.
1: And I well, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. I he mean, stays he there know, in the booth. He just, I mean, <laughs> if he does walk, they have it so that nobody can see him. You know? yeah. It's like literally like he's in his booth, and the then when he guy? walks to the limo, <laughs> he's inside the hangar, and then the limo drives him to his estate. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> The secret I mean. life of
2: Rush Limbaugh.
1: <laughs> 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 so, man, the c- I'm looking at a map that shows... The statewide changes in annual, quote-unquote, normal temperatures from 1981 to 2010 compared to 1971 to 2000. It just, you have a lot more. Yeah. temperature change is almost one degree in, well, a lot of northern states. Well, let's see, where we're at, it's about Mm 0.6% temperature increase.
2: Yeah, yeah. if you know anyone in uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin who's saying, oh, we've got such nice, cooler weather up here, that might not last much longer. <laughs> Those are the rightest states on the map at this point. So yeah. in the past, uh, yeah, let's
1: see, the past two decades, they've gone up uh, an entire degree Fahrenheit normal. So on June 27th, Oman recorded the world's highest ever minimum temperature when the mercury failed to drop below 107.1 degrees Fahrenheit <laughs> in the middle of the night. Yeah, can you imagine that? It's like
2: midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., and it's 107 degrees out.
1: Well, I mean, it was like 98 at 9 p.m. here, but yeah. still. <laughs> I mean, just the failed to drop below. Whew, yeah. So Let's see. Nighttime minimum temperatures are rising faster than daytime maximums. So, basically, the temperature goes up, and then it doesn't drop back down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I just wanted to let you know that there's excessive heat advisory until the end of Sunday. And in response to the excessive heat, the city of Carbondale is actually providing a cooling center. And so, right inside um, the Carbondale Civic Center, during this excessive heat advisory, which has now been extended to the end of Sunday... Citizens are encouraged to stay hydrated and indoors in air conditioning as much as possible. Unless you work at, um, I I know uh, two businesses in town that their air conditioning is not working very Mm -hmm. well and they're still working. Yeah. Because, you know, they need a paycheck. So... But it's it's nice and cool in here. Yeah, it's nice here. PBS. Well, just because we're cool. Yeah, we're yeah. keeping it cool. Keeping it cool. So
2: yeah, and it's an important issue because those uh, nighttime high temperatures are a part of what's uh, lead to heat related deaths, um, because it's, you know, it gets so high and then there's no chance for the body to cool off, so it gets people sick and then you know
1: they pass away. So up to a point, daytime temperatures actually. Uh, For example, increase the yield of rice, which is of course a staple food for billions of people on the planet. But higher nighttime temperatures decrease the yields, and so, like people growing rice, needs to cool off overnight. Yeah. Mm All right. Let's cool off a little bit. So. (laughs) Yeah. Now, a
2: lot of the root causes of the. climate change issue, our our use of fossil fuels, and I saw this poster, and I couldn't resist mentioning it, because it is something I can mention over the radio, because it's all words. (laughs) It's this quote, and the quote says, it's pretty amazing that our society has reached a point where the effort necessary to extract oil from the ground, ship it to a refinery, turn it into plastic, shape it appropriately, truck it to a store, buy it, and bring it home, it's considered to be less effort than what it takes to just wash the spoon when you're done with it. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of just getting an ordinary spoon that's <laughs> reusable, you get the plastic one, and that's considered easier.
1: <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. So that's food like a thought. punch you in the. What is it? Yeah, punch you in the gut, uh, ad. <laughs> well, I was thinking punch you in the mouth because you need to, like. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I just want to punch someone in the mouth. Yeah. But
2: I do, because I (laughs) I do, I'll admit,
1: I do occasionally, if I'm not somewhere, use a plastic spoon. And it made me realize the absurdity of that. I I used to, you know, eat out a lot. And, you know, a lot of places have styrofoam. Yeah. And I've reached a point where I now, well, I used to just eat all the food so I didn't have any to take home. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I try, I'm trying to, like, not lose weight, but not gain it. Mm -hmm. There's a difference. Yeah. (laughs) Um,. And so now I try to take some food home and now I, I ask for aluminum foil. And then even more so than that, I found this portable spoon kit made out of bamboo. And I don't know if you know this but bamboo the the basically it has micro antimicrobials in it so like fungus and bacteria can't grow on it. Yeah. Hmm. So I you if you really wanted to you didn't have to wash the spoons. <laughs> you know, bamboo just naturally does not get bacteria to grow on it. But, of course, you want to, you know, wash the bits off, <laughs> you know, or just lick it real clean, and then, you know, just put it back in your pocket. Yeah. Well, then you have to, oh, that's nice. But your pocket might get saliva. <laughs> and I was thinking more like the Lint. stuff in your pocket would get the spoon dirty. Yeah, the spoon you would know, be linty. If you buy one of these bamboo spoon kits, it's like a fork, a spoon, a knife, and chopsticks. Yeah. It actually comes in its own little, like, pouch. Ah, there you go. Yeah, so it'll stay clean in that pouch. <laughs> so... Um, it's well worth it to take that if you are ever traveling, and then you don't have to, you know, constantly get spoons and forks at um, fast food places. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. sounds like a good plan. And then I I tend to go to Subway because they give you some paper, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm traveling. Yeah. So otherwise, my car just piles up with trash. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be gone for a week, and I'll come back, and the car will be you know a toxic waste dump. <laughs> that's how it used to be when yeah I went traveling so. <laughs> yeah but we, we can find ways to change that <laughs> it's like i had to call in the hazmat to clean out my car <laughs> or you know myself yeah <laughs> so the true cost of gasoline thirteen dollars a gallon <laughs> whoa and I thought in Europe it was expensive when I saw $8 a gallon. Yeah. <laughs> What's the true cost of the emissions from every gallon of gasoline when you add up all the negative environmental impacts they'll lead to, from poor air quality to catastrophic climate change? Climate change? That sounds kind of nice <laughs>
2: for, for today. Oh, yeah.
1: Know. Well, it depends on which direction you're claim changing the climate in. Yeah. <laughs> well, this bipolar weather is kind of... Um, Becoming mm-hmm. a little schizo on me, mm-hmm. so the true cost is nine dollars a gallon. Now add to that what you're typically paying at the pump right now, yeah, and yeah. it means that the real cost of a gallon is actually going to increase easily into the double digits. So, say a pair of new um analyses, z- 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 mm-hmm. yeah, analyses <laughs> by some big shot economists who think that telling people the true cost of carbon might s- make us stop mortgaging our children's future just so we can drive that escalated to the air-conditioned gym. Oh, man, mm-hmm. I need to get an escalate <laughs> to do that yeah. just once. <laughs> you know, I actually saw a video once of someone riding their bike to the gym and someone driving their car to the gym. Uh-huh. And it was a very dramatic video. It's a race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a race. <laughs> and the bicyclist won because uh-huh. the bicyclist could ride their bicycle right to the front door of the gym Versus the car had to circle the parking lot for like 10 minutes to find a parking spot.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, it matters the distance. Mm-hmm. But r- realistically, probably anywhere in Carbondale, you can get to the other side of Carbondale faster on a bike, except today.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> today, the heat might slow you down.
2: Just a little bit. <laughs> so. But yeah. Uh, s- speaking of roads, though, we can mention this one a little bit quickly. Uh, solar highways transform our crumbling infrastructure into something useful. The uh, country has 4 million miles of roads, uh, 50,000 miles of interstate highways, probably going to be there for a while. Uh, isn't there anything productive we can do with this giant car playground? Oh, drive on it. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, dr- 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 dr-
1: Drive well, to nowhere. Once we switch over to the bicycles and other public transportation, what can we do with it? Oh, that? man, we could fit a lot more people on a road then. <laughs> yeah, we could. Yeah, if everybody rode a bicycle, imagine how many people you could fit on the road. Yeah, <laughs> you could fit a lot more people. It'd be m- a lot more exciting too. You could, s- hey, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, you know. could talk to each other while you go to work. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. But uh, yeah, you could also uh,
2: even without, even while the roads are still in use, you can use them for uh, solar photovoltaic panels.
1: Oh, but okay, the actual news story. Let's, yeah, the actual that. news story. Oh, okay,
2: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you'll see this occasionally. They'll have like the construction equipment with the solar panel on it to power the lights. But you could have a whole set of solar panels along there, since you've got a right-of-way anyway. Yeah, that whole center of the highway,
1: I mean. Yeah. So, And there's also others who want to embed solar panels directly into road surfaces. Now, I disagree with that one. Because, <laughs> I mean, photovoltaics are electronics, and the hotter they get, l- the less efficient they are. Mm-hmm. You know how hot those roads get? They get pretty <laughs> hot. Maybe no. you could do that up in uh, cold climates. <laughs> but, I mean, there's a lot of areas of the interstate that they actually have electricity. Access to electricity. Yeah. Because they actually put like street lights on the interstate sometimes. I'm like, yeah. uh-huh. I don't understand that part. But, uh-huh. you know, a lot of exits and entrances, they put street lights. Yeah. So why don't you just fill the whole center part of the, you know, interstate with photovoltaics? Yeah. And tap it into the electric grid right there. Sounds like a good plan. I just made that up, but <laughs> like, apparently someone's trying to do it.
2: Yeah, people are looking
1: into it. Yeah. And so. we'll keep an eye out
2: for more stories of it actually being
1: implemented, but it's definitely being researched. Yeah, and I mean, Currently, they're trying to, you know, do large areas and a lot of times, um, you know, trying to do it on public land. But, you know, the center of the interstate is already public land.
2: Yeah, so there's no
1: hassle of trying to
2: consolidate public land or that sort of thing. And they're
1: cleared and they're graded and they're, um, what is it, um, drained. You know, they put the drainage in it. And, you know, near towns, they also have the infrastructure of the power lines and, you know. They have roads to them, you know, Uh if you need to work on it. Yeah. I'm starting to like this more and more. And, oh, they're sitting outside in the sun all day. All day. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It's like, so, well, that was the news. Yeah. Today happens to be the 203rd day of the year. It does. There's only 162 days left. Wow, we're counting down. Uh, yeah, we're past halfway with Mark. Today is the 22nd of July, which happens to be a Friday. And today is Pied Piper Day and Rat Catcher's Day.
2: <laughs> what a coincidence. we yeah, yes, go together kinda pretty kinda well. Go together, so. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Saturday is uh, Gorgeous Grandma Day, so uh, do something to celebrate your gorgeous grandma. Oh, we have to tell who's coming next. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Saturday is Hot Enough for You Day. Is it hot enough for you out there? Yeah, well, I think
1: so. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Sunday is Cousins Day, National Drive-Thru Day, and National Tell-A-Joke Day. No, Tell-An-Old-Joke Day. Uh, I do that most days. (laughs) But it's also Parents' Day, so don't tell an old joke about your parents. (laughs) Yeah. That would be, you know, any other day, but it happens to be Parents' Day on Sunday, so... You know, wait for the old joke till Monday. Yeah. You know, 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 ease up. So tell an old joke day on Sunday, but not about your parents. Yeah. And Monday is the birthday of the first test tube baby. They do that already? Oh, yeah. They had a baby.
2: Well, it didn't grow entirely in a test tube. It was conceived in a test tube. Oh. (laughs) Wow. I forget. I read a story about them at some point. But, yeah, they're an adult now. They're they're still
1: with us, but they're, you know, they've been around a while.
2: Yeah.
1: It's like, you know, for some people, what is it? The sperm and the egg don't know how to get together, so they do it in a tube, right? Yeah. That's the whole idea? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so what's the fun in that? (laughs) Well, I guess the sperm and the egg still have fun. (laughs) Oh, okay, good. Someone has to have fun. (laughs) All right, Tuesday, the anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act. An Independence Day in both Liberia and the Maldives. Maldives is that island that they say they're going underwater for the... Yeah. What do you call it? Climate change. Climate change. Yep, they're, they're the going go underwater. All right. Yeah. Tuesday is also uh, Aldous
2: Huxley, the author. Uh, let's see. Wednesday is take your house plants for a
1: walk day. <laughs> <laughs> Picture yeah. them with a leash and on little rollers. You know. <laughs> well, <laughs> even funnier than that, Wednesday is also walk on stilts day. Yeah. So now you have to take <laughs> your plants for a walk while walking on stilts. Yeah. And you get bonus points if the plant also walks on stilts. <laughs> 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 All right Thursday is national chili talk Chil- chili talk chili dog day and the anniversary of both the singing telegram and World War one beginning yeah they have nothing to do with each other <laughs> yeah hopefully not that's a bad way to announce the start of a war yeah and uh, Thursday is Independence Day for Peru yes so. So, I don't know. you think we have any local happenings, anything going on in the community uh, uh, this summer? Or well, there pe- is a lot of stuff happening. People just taking a nap? <laughs> well, um, we have every Thursday we have the sunset concerts. but you do. Know, I people, to do people don't come out until after dark, right? Because they think it's hot or something. Yeah. You know, oh, silly so people. <laughs> um, every Friday, the international slow food dinner called Rice and Spice happens at the Gaia House Interface Center. Every week there is you know, usually a main chef, and we are looking for guest chef to host dinner. Um, next week is Baltic. Um, tonight there is no actual theme, but we utilize the um, CSA, Community Supported Agriculture. The farmer every week brings a whole bushel of vegetables. Yes, so delicious um, local veggies. And I know there's going to be, uh, ch- what is it, chicken noodle soup. I know that's going to be there. Someone said they're making that. So... If you would like to be a chef for International Slow Food Dinner, there is a couple ways you can get involved. You can showcase your type of food just by providing recipes. You can um, go a step further and be a taster. Other people cook it, and you just taste it. Or you go all three, you provide the recipes, you help with the shopping, and you help with the cooking. So it's really nice and fun. Have you heard of slow food? Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, slow food is the idea of exactly opposite of fast food, where you eat and you talk and you, what is it called? Have community, <laughs> right? Yeah. What is it? I'm trying to think of the proper word. Community is pretty good. Yeah, community is yeah. good. Have
2: dialogue, have uh, actually human relations with your fellow humans. instead What? Of just driv- driving by, throwing some money at them, getting some food, and driving away. <laughs>
1: You mean <coughs> drive through? Well, it is drive by eating. <laughs> drive by eating. Um there's no interaction with humans that way? There's there's here's a little. Here's my money and they're like thank you.
2: Yeah. I okay. know a couple of humans who do that work and you know it's it's uh stressful work on them if they're treated like they're not humans.
1: <laughs> yeah, well that's true. It's just like um but how how much interaction can you have in that, you know, 20 seconds?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. You know, I would, I would have actually have a hard time going through the drive-through when a friend was working there because I would want to talk to them. You know, yeah, it's, it's only like natural you talk to them, see how they're doing, <laughs> see how their ships going, <laughs> and
1: then they get in trouble. Yeah, they're like, i sorry, <laughs> sir. Keep moving." Sorry, sir. Like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. What other things happening? Oh yeah,
2: there's another tonight event uh, for the next seven generations. Uh, it's it's funny we mentioned the grandmother's day coming up because this documentary is about grandmothers. In 2004, 13 indigenous grandmothers from all four corners of the world, moved by their concern for our planet, came together at a historic gathering uh, where they decided to form an alliance. The documentary, For the Next Seven Generations, follows what happens when these wise women unite. Uh, they share their vision of healing and call for change. This is going on tonight at 5.30 uh, p.m. at the Long Branch Coffee House. Renee Cook of Town Square Market will be hosting a discussion about this spiritually inspired film. It's part of the Sustainable Living Film series. So
1: that's pretty exciting. Get to find out what wisdom these indigenous grandmothers have to share. Yeah, and every Friday they have you know a sustainable film. Also every Friday is the Friday Night Fair. This fair features local, homegrown, and homemade products and services, plus free, live, tonight, solar-powered music. This week's musical performances is by Ladies of Divine Worship and Praise. And last week, I actually was there, and they had some of the best peaches I've ever had Uh, in my life. Yeah. Is that where you got those peaches? Yeah, from (laughs) the Friday Night Fair. Yeah. And it was like a friend of mine's husband's father who has a farm up near Chester somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and he he grows them organically in the sense that he just, you know got tired of spraying and he just quit spraying so mm-hmm. now yeah he just like whatever grows grows you know and he yeah. has enough acres that he can have some spoilage uh-huh. peaches it's hard to grow organic because they we have a lot of fungus yeah so you know they might not be the perfect looking ones but the ones i got oh yeah they those are some amazing peaches they were the perfect softness and ripeness and sweetness yep and mm-hmm. they had peach lemonade <laughs> they were just sampling it so far you know, um, as soon as they get their food license, they'll start selling it. Yeah. Uh-huh. But essentially, it's peach juice with just a little bit of, um, you know, fresh squeezed lemon. Yeah. So, oh my goodness, it's good. So peach lemonade. All right. <laughs> what else we got? We're running out of time. Yeah.
2: Got uh, farmers market coming up Saturday mornings from 8 a.m. to noon, including this Saturday. It's over at the Westtown Par- Mall parking lots, just west of Murdale in Carbondale.
1: Vigil for Peace every Saturday at the Town Square Pavilion until peace is achieved. Yes. Many years of vigiling. And a event,
2: Observations at a 30-Year-Old Prairie Restoration. This is going on Saturday at 11 a.m. at Brown Auditorium. Uh, This event is free and open to the public. Uh, Ken Shaw will present a presentation, Observations at a 30-Year-Old Prairie Restoration. Uh, It's sponsored by Southern Chapter of the Illinois Na- Native Plant Society and Natural Areas Association. And finally, we've got one last event. Uh, I like mentioning this one when I remember to and get a chance. It's the Transportic Playground. goes on uh, every other Monday at 9 p.m. Carbondale is the town of poets. Yes, Carbondale is the town of poets, as has been mentioned on nationally claimed media. <laughs> Uh, this is uh, Tana Poets, and the poetry is going on this coming Monday, 9 p.m. at Global Gourmet, 102 East Jackson Street in Carbondale. The spoken word open mic. You can come down and rock the mic and drop your summer poems on us all. <laughs> Everyone is welcome to attend. And it's a really good time over there. I, like, I go pretty much every time. I think I've missed one or two in the entire, I don't know, three years or whatever that they've been running. Uh, diverse perspectives and types of poetry
1: and spoken word really good time yeah real stuff <laughs> so in case you didn't know it's hot it's hmm. summer i think that means we better go swimming before the water gets too hot <laughs> yeah you don't want the water to boil away <laughs> yeah well 10 generally in once august starts coming around the lakes, you know, start increasing heat, and then it like literally the, the water itself is hot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, not hot hot, but you know, warmer. So it's not like as refreshing as now. If you jump in a lake now, <laughs> it's like woohoo! Yeah, you especially like us June was a little cooler. Yeah, there you go. So, um, don't be afraid of the heat. Go swimming. <laughs> Take advantage of the forest and have some fun. We'll see you again on the radio. Yes, have fun out there.